Doctrine and Devotion is sponsored by Together for the Gospel. Together for the Gospel is going down April 14th through the 16th, 2020 in Louisville, Kentucky, and registration is now open. In fact, our listeners get a discount. Use the promo code DOCTRINE when checking out and save 10 bucks. Go to t4g.org for all the details. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective, a day late. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. We late. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. My bad. Like, no, it's not even your bad. It's okay. No. You can blame me. Everyone else does on social media. And everybody else thought, oh, let me try to swoop in there and become... You know the 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 new lead uh, host. You know oh yeah, I mean? with their like uh, fifty followers on Instagram yeah. and their like a hundred li- downloads uh, <laughs> a month. Yeah, we're okay, guys. Uh, about three times now we've missed a release date <laughs> in three years in yeah, three hundred yep. episodes or something. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> listen, guys. Sometimes we tired. Yeah. Sometimes oh, we're like, you know man. what? Today is the day we just want to relax and enjoy each other's company. And here's what. And yesterday was that day. Whew, man, yesterday was a good day. Um, you know, we did our three services, mm-hmm. but then we had our newcomer's lunch. Oh, yeah. Love the new, and that was your first time. I felt like it was probably leading. the best newcomer's lunch there ever it, you was. You know what, Jimmy? It might have been. Oh, but it wasn't. Why? Almost was because I didn't run my table. I was too tired to run my table. Oh. So that uh, well, took wait, it down try, a notch. What are you trying to say? That my I'm wife didn't my, do a good oh, was, job who, running that table? Was that your wife that ran that my table? That was my wife running that yeah. table. Are you saying she well, wasn't a good host? I, if I would have known that it was your wife, I would have given her a Canadian handicap and she, I would have <laughs> just considered it a wash. So um, let's just say it was, a, it was the best one. So no, it was great. Uh, got to know some new people. Got to know that one couple that we were sitting with and uh, they're gonna, I'm, we're going to try to meet up for uh, a date night with them. That's oh, the fun. couple that's been married just like for a few months. Yep. So oh, we're gonna yeah. try to hang out with them, and then actually, I, I received a text this morning. I told I'd you let get, you know. Do you get you in with the husses? Oh, I won the hus steaks. You got the, you got in with the husses. Yeah. So they're in. Oh, they've man, already, the husses were my C- jam. Ah, well, they're coming to CG. So mm. Andrew Alley, excited that uh, you guys are gonna be joining. Oh, and let me just apologize in advance. Um, yeah. Well, you know. What? What's wrong? What's wrong? I'm apologizing to them. For what? For choosing your CG. Do you I just mean? don't want, I don't want them the to get best, their hopes up. The, They're going to the, go to your CG and it's, it's going to be like... It's the best CG. It's the best CG that... Well, it's, a, uh, it's a group. Well, it's a group, yeah. all right. Uh, I'm not really sure. It, it's a great group. You know what I like about the Newcomer's Lunch is we started the Newcomer's Lunch at Redeemer because even though we're a small church, and especially when we started, we were a small church, but we wanted a way to, um, to get our people that were fresh coming into the church, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who don't know very many people yet or anybody yet. We wanted to give them an opportunity to sit down, share a meal with some people from Redeemer and uh, learn a little bit about us. We'd learn a little bit about them. And so Rob Warford, our uh, one of our deacons, elder mm. candidates, he put together a way of doing this. And maybe we'll do an episode on this. I think we should because uh, I, I came away. I don't, I don't think I've told Rob this yet. That's pretty awkward. I'm going to tell everybody else, but not Rob yet. He busy. He busy. Uh, I came away thoroughly uh, encouraged and impressed with the amount of work and background oh, like, yeah. information that he puts together that to make this uh, a success. I would have just been like, let whoever shows shows and let's just do what we do. No, uh, Rob's got those details down. No, man. he's got he's got the flow right. He he's got the seating right. Uh, he just he really makes sure that it's all coming together. We're gonna do a whole thing because we, we just, really should. It's a very good. 
Okay. Here's what we found, just like a little teaser. If you come, so I don't know how many people did we have. You know how many people, how many how many families were represented How many there? families? New, two, new families? Yeah, two, four, uh, six, nine. Nine families. All right, so nine families, like you know, kids, all that stuff. So then we had our families there as well, so yep. they could meet some of them. Um, and then I do like a five-minute spiel at, at the end. Yeah, which took 15, thanks. Uh, you know, got to give the people what they want. So, um, <laughs> but the pretty much as a general rule, people that come to our newcomer's lunch, they join. Uh, they join. They stick around. About nine out of ten. Yep. So uh, yeah, we're gonna. And do- I know who the tenth one was because uh, uh, the Larsons couldn't make it. Oh, so they're not joining? Oh, I don't know. Oh. I was just playing around. Uh, they the family was sick. No, and there's something going around. I've heard a few, uh, a number of people. Yeah, a bunch of babies. Up. Hey, weren't you sick let, today? All right, I I still came into work. <laughs> yeah, you still came into work. How I did. Work? I came right to my office. Well, okay, I've been so here all day. Thank all you very day. much. Except when I went out to go get Taco Bell. Okay, so you were you've been in your office all day. Mm-hmm, except because I was I, yeah, I came even though I felt horrible. I came right here. All right, and then uh, how much work did you do while you're here? As much as conceivably possible. Thank you're welcome. Okay, how how much time were you awake? I you know I don't really keep track let's of that. Just say, I let's think. just say I an eight hour day. Let's I just, I'm going to say eight hour day. Okay, one hour for lunch. I'll just give you an hour for lunch. Just for okay. Fun. So seven hour out of seven hours mm-hmm. today. How much work did you do? All right, let me just let me just explain. Yeah. There's not a time clock where I check in and I don't. I know. Check so clock for the in last seven hours. Okay. How, so just, just, how much just to you explain wait? that. And um, yeah, I, I, I was feeling really sick, so I laid down and I fell asleep. I was oh, in my okay. Office. Yeah. Yeah. But say, okay, but you want me to like give you uh. On average, how on many average, hours were you awake today? Uh, I would say most of them. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> most of but them. You know you what awake? though? You know what? You know I'm not good at math. I could keep up with that stuff. But the people Can we say like two hours awake or sleeping. Oh, awake. Um, I feel like I'm always awake. You know, ninja sleep with one eye open. I'm always, <laughs> I'm always ready to work. But All right, uh, I won't let you. Man, I won't I'll have you it. quantify it. I was. Uh, I felt horrible. To, no, I probably. Goodness, I, I think I think I laid down. So I think eleven five. to two. Eleven to two. I was I laid down eleven. Wow. Got up at two. Whenever I called you. Yeah. No, dude, you must have been tired. You must it have was, had what everyone else is getting. I felt miserable. Nah, I was just being a baby, just like all you other people calling in sick. All right, stop it. <laughs> all right, what are we talking about today, Joe? We're back at the sixteen eighty nine. We're in chapter twenty. Woo! It's getting mm-hmm. close. Chapter twenty, and uh, we are in paragraph one. This is on the gospel and the extent of grace. Jimmy, we're just gonna do paragraph one today. You want to read it? Sure. The covenant works being broken by sin and made unprofitable unto life. God was pleased to give forth the promise of Christ, the seed of the woman, as the means of calling the elect and begetting in them faith and repentance in this promise, the gospel, as to the substance of it was revealed and is therein effectual for the conversion and salvation of sinners. The gospel and the extent of grace sounds like a beautiful eulogy track. Oh, yeah. Um, so listen, this is uh, this is exciting stuff because here we're, we're getting into the the, the gospel, uh, the, the the covenant of grace. We're getting into a lot of these the, these ideas and it allows us then to trace these truths throughout all of Scripture. Yeah, yeah. And we want it to not just be a theological exercise. We we want to be able to ask ourselves some important questions as that are very practical as we're going through this. So we're going to keep it simple. We're going to go through ch- chapter 20, paragraph one today, make some notes about, so we make sure that we understand it, and then we're going to get to those questions. But Jimmy, first things first, starts off with the covenant of works. Well, we've already touched, we've already touched on this back in, what, 19... 
paragraph one, right? Yeah, it's the, on the law, yeah. On the law, it says, God gave to Adam a law of universal obedience written in his heart and a particular precept of not eating the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, by which he bound him and all his posterity to personal, entire, exact, and perpetual obedience, promised life upon the fulfilling and threatened death upon the breach of it, and endued with him the power and ability to keep it. So here we're already talking about the covenant of works here, right? Yep. And Where, it's, go ahead. Um, I was just going to say that it, yeah, like there, there's some debate about among some people, like, well, you know, in 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 the Westminster chapter seven, it says covenant of works. When you get to the sixty eighty nine, it doesn't use it there. Like, well, it doesn't. And there were reasons that they edited the document the way that they did. But it's pretty clear. I mean, any fair reading of the sixteen eighty nine demonstrates that Reformed Baptists or particular Baptists they believed in a covenant of works. Yeah, and this, this universal obedience that is written on the heart of man. Uh, of not eating the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Right. So let's summarize it like real simple. Like the covenant, of, we've already gone through this, but just for, for, this, for those of you that are tuning in, that, yeah. it's our first episode. And for those of you like Steve McCoy who still don't know what the covenant of works is. You can is. tell Steve McCoy what the covenant of works is every day for a month. <laughs> and he still won't he get still it. still wouldn't know. Nah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Smarten up, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was oh yeah, I was going to summarize it. Okay, yeah, so summarize it. Okay, so the covenant of works is essentially this: uh, God told uh, Adam and Eve in the garden, "I am your God. I've made you for myself, and um, now that I've created you and put you in this garden, here's what I want you to do: I want you to be fruitful and multiply. I want you to exercise dominion over the creation. I want you mm-hmm. to develop culture. Um, you know, you're going to need to cultivate the garden. It's all these things you're going to need to do." Don't negatively, prohibitively, right? Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The day you eat of that tree, you die. You will die. So here's a covenant. If you if you obey me, you're going to have life and blessing, and eventually you get to eat of the tree of life. Yep. But if you disobey me, there is death and curses. So that was the covenant of works. It was clearly contingent on the obedience of Adam. And so now we get back to – now we're jumping ahead or jumping back into uh, chapter 20. Mm-hmm. Verse one, this covenant was what? Broken by sin. So they didn't listen. They grabbed that fruit that they shouldn't take and they ate of it. That's right. So the covenant was broken. And now the only thing that we get from the covenant of works is, well, what we deserve. Yeah. Yeah. Death, judgment, uh, the wrath of God, Uh, you know, corruption and brokenness in creation. We are still reaping that. But in the midst of condemnation in Genesis 3 in the midst of the curses that God begins to drop on on us there is the first promise of Christ made the promise of of the gospel the first time and um and it happens Jimmy in in Genesis 3:15 but what is what is the wording there well the wording here is is uh the seed of the woman mm. is this this promise, this promise of Christ, right? So it's it's that Jesus would come, and it's this, what it is, it's like the salvation, right? This yeah. promise of a Savior, uh, the promise of grace. So, I mean, it's like, you know, I remember when I was starting to wrap my brain around some aspects of this as a young Christian, and, and just trying to understand it from Adam and Eve's perspective, right? That God is telling us that one day... Our offspring is going to destroy this devil. Yeah. It's a pretty amazing thing. It's going to bring justice back. There's a book that um, we'll recommend to you guys. 
It's by RBC Howell. Mm-hmm. Um, RBC Howell not only um, was a theologian, but you might know him as the inventor of root beer. He uh, he invented um, um, RBC root beer. So uh, you we all know you're that. lying. What are you talking about? Stop it. That's a thing. Stop it. Uh, so RBC Howell wrote the Cross and the Covenants, two books. Now, if you can find the Sprinkle publication, it's a red hardcover, beautifully bound. Get that. I don't care if it costs twenty, thirty dollars. Get that. It's a great publication. But we're going to link to a, a Kindle version of this, cheap, yep. cheaper yep. version, and it'll just get the Covenants. But in here, um, he talks about what he calls this Edenic Covenant, right? This covenant in Eden after the fall, which is the promise of Christ. And in it, he says, what were some of those truths uh, that that were learned in the covenant of Eden upon which their faith rested? So here are some of the things he says are in this uh, promise of Christ to Adam and Eve. Number one, it taught them the great deliverer promised was not to be an angel. It was not to be of another race. It was going to be their brother, the seed of woman. It was going to be a man. Mm. So this redeemer, savior, this Messiah, all these ideas that would come later to clarify the promise was going to be humanity. And they don't even know exactly why it has to be humanity that's going to overtake the devil and bring justice, but it has to be. We learn that later on exactly why. But number one, it's going to be a man, a human. Uh, Number two, uh, they were further instructed by this covenant that Messiah was to accomplish the work of redemption through suffering. And we know Mm. that that he did, that he did suffer. Uh, To Satan, Jehovah said, thou shalt bruise his heel. So, I mean, we're looking here at at Genesis 3.15, right? This is expounding upon that. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So he does suffer, but in the end, he he prevails. Right. So the suffering, again, it doesn't explain exactly why it's necessary, yeah. only that it is going to happen. Um, and the, the more you study the, the, you know, the, the doctrines, the more God reveals in his word, the more the promise of Christ or the promise of the gospel becomes clear and more full. So you, it was understandable. It was able to be believed, but we didn't have all of the information. It's what we call it progressive revelation. God progressively reveals himself throughout his word. So... You know, Howell is saying that uh, the Messiah was going to not be an angel, not some other strange being, but it would be of the seed of the woman. Two, he says uh, the Messiah will accomplish this work through suffering. Three, Howell says they were distinctly here taught that the Messiah in his mission upon the earth would achieve a glorious conquest over all the powers of darkness and blessed be God. He has effectually bruised the head of the great enemy. For this purpose, the Son of Man was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. By his suffering, he hath abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And ultimately being lifted up from the earth, he will draw all men unto him. All sin will at last be blotted out and Jesus will reign over the whole earth. Mm. So you don't get all of the details in the first promise of Christ. No. Just a few. Yeah. Just some, but it's enough for people who themselves just ruined everything. Like they, yeah. can you imagine? Like, cause we, we know what it's like. You know how hard it is when you've ruined it. Like you've, maybe it's just a date night, you know, with your wife oh, yeah. and bad attitude creeps up. And then I've really put a damper on it or it can be a, a project that you're working on. Right. And, uh, and you, and you blow it and it, and it all rests on you. Can, can you imagine? And for sin, of course, I mean, it's, it's devastating. Adam and Eve had it perfect. They disobeyed God and brought ruin upon themselves. And in the midst of that, he says, I got you. I was, and here's it, a promise. And I mean, we don't want to keep on 
this we don't want to ruin everything. And you, don't you, blow everything. You don't want to ruin your 2020 by missing out on T4G. In fact, this is a way, Jimmy, that they can guarantee that they don't ruin 2020 by in 2019 registering for the 2020 T4G. Conference. T4G. And, you know, since 2006, Together for the Gospel has been gathering together every other year to encourage and aid ministry leaders with three days. That's, you hear me? Three days. Not two of, days. No, not two. Not not a, it's not a one-day microconference. But which, which when we do it, it's great. Yeah, it's good. Anyway, California, yeah. though. Yeah. But, you know, uh, but three days of gospel-centered preaching, fellowship, books, and singing. What's the theme this year, Jimmy? Uh, the theme this year is entrusted with the gospel. Do you know who, do you want to know who's speaking, Joe? I'm going to guess um, we not. The, we got the usual suspects here. Okay, so I'm going to guess not Mark Driscoll, no. not Tulian Chavijan. No. Not... Okay, I guess positively. Legan Duncans. Legan Duncans will be there. Mark Dever will be there. <laughs> like him. Yep. Pope Piper is oh, going like to be making a present. Kevin uh, D. Money. Yeah. D. Kevin, Money will D. be Young. there. Uh, Albert Moeller. Well, oh, Albert the Man Moeller will be there. H.B. Charles. Greg yep, Gilbert. Yep. Trip. Lee. Ed Moore. David Platt. Richard Chin. This is going to be, that's a good lineup. Okay. I got to tell you. Who out of, if we go, yeah, we're, yeah. we're probably going to go. But if we go, when we go. If you could only listen to one of these guys preach, which guy would you choose to listen to? Uh, Legan Duncans. Legan Duncans is the guy that I most resonate with, but I have heard him a lot. I have not heard Trip Lee preach. And See, I've, I've not heard, heard, I've I've not heard, heard really good things about Trip Lee's preaching. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've, I've heard really heard, good things about all these guys. Yeah, but I haven't heard Legan Duncan preach, so I want to go. Oh, you haven't heard Legan Duncan no, preach? No, no. You just what... read his sermons online? Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, then I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll see Legan Duncan's for sure. All right, we'll go Legan Duncan's. Uh, now, this is going down April 14th to the 16th in 2020. Early bird pricing ends after October 31st. So, before your favorite holiday of the year, you <laughs> want to make- Before Joe's favorite I'm, holiday I'm, of the don't year. Don't say that. I'm speaking to them. <laughs> you can register and save, not just early bird. Yes, you're going to get the early bird. Register before October 31st early bird want to make the early bird even more powerful uh use our promo code doctrine you get 10 more dollars off what uh-huh you register today at and t4- guess what maybe what? if you guys tag t4g and let it, let them know you're coming and mm-hmm. you heard of it from the jofo tag yeah. doc and devo maybe just maybe we'll be on stage i think you need i think they all should start a petition that's there what they should, should be do. a petition that they a there petition. needs to be more diversity there needs to be some jofo up there right because like the, oh, they, they've got Ethnic diversity up there. Yeah, yeah. They yeah they've got some denominational diversity up there. Yeah. Now you need, why don't you just scrape the bottom of the barrel and bring the Jofo? Yeah, you, you, need, you, need, you need the sludge. Yeah, sometimes it's good. Hashtag bring the sludge. Bring the sludge. Okay, register today at t4g.org. Okay, so this promise of Christ um, is said to be here in the confession, the means of calling the elect and begetting in them faith and repentance, right? So mm-hmm. this is this promise, right? The, the suffering servant, the seed of the woman, the Messiah, that he's going to come and bring redemption. That promise became the means of calling the elect. It is the gospel being preached, being announced, being heralded. Mm. And we, of course, we see this, for example, in Genesis 15. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, right here, we see in this uh, what the promise of Christ was made to him in that, the was it, Abrahamic covenant? I forget who we're talking about. Uh, John, it talks right here. Uh, your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Mm. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. All right, let me just back you up. When you read that, when you read that last thing that Jesus says, you got to read that a little bit better. Okay, all right. Truly, truly, so, I say to you, before Abraham no, was. No, no, no. 
I am. Yeah, you gotta you gotta hit that I am. Before before Abraham was, I, I am. am. Yeah, that's what you gotta see really like that. Otherwise, like before Abraham was born, I am. <laughs> you are what? <laughs> well, you are you gonna say something? So um, yeah, I mean this is this is crazy, right? Because so many people, particularly within some. Uh, other theological uh, tribes uh, have a hard time with this. Abraham was waiting for the Messiah. Abraham yep. knew. He knew about the Messiah. He'd been instructed by the Lord, and he had this promise in the covenant, right, that um, that uh, through him, the world would be blessed. Through his seed, the you know, redemption would reign. And even in Abraham's life in Genesis 15, right, we see that he was believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. That's he right. was justified by faith before doing well, anything. It was it, because it's salvation uh, in the Old Testament is the same as salvation in the New Testament, right? Old covenant, new covenant. Salvation is is the same. It's, it's the gospel it, hope of the forgiveness of sins and reconciliation with God by faith alone, grace alone, in the coming Messiah alone. They didn't know very much details about that but even this is explained in paragraph one when it says in this process in this promise the gospel as to the substance of it was revealed and is there ineffectual for the conversion and salvation of sinners so there wasn't a different salvation process for people in the old testament yeah they weren't saved by offering animal sacrifices they weren't saved by observing festivals um it they those were important things in the life of israel uh, as but they were a, foreshadowing. Yeah. They were foreshadowing the true salvation. So all those things were pointing to it, and they were still saved by looking forward to the the, the reality, right? Yeah. To to the antitype. So, Jimmy, people before Christ, they looked to the future, right? Yeah. And then people after Christ, they looked into the past to see the same thing. What did God the Father do with his son? Right, that's been our thing. So when you look at this, this this paragraph, right, big picture, this paragraph is 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 summarizing for us that after the covenant of works was broken, God began with much pleasure to hold forth the promise of Christ. Now, um, some people would say this is the new, this is the um, the covenant of grace, right? The covenant of grace is herein established. Uh, it is salvation through God's mercy rather than rather than through man's merits right established right here now good stuff we like this yeah um but are we are we known for this that this is the thing and, and, and we don't mean like i don't think you mean are we known for covenant theology which is a good thing here jesus no. has been our hope and our message since god ever made that first promise and that's what i mean are, yeah. is are we known for being that people that are looking that, that embrace that hope, that embrace that message and, and share that, live by that. So are we, are we known as the people who herald the gospel and the extent of grace? Are we yeah. known for that? Because, you know, we, you could be known for a lot of things. Church, some churches are known for a lot of things. Some, some not bad no, things, not bad things. Well, some, be, some of them are bad. Some of them are bad. Yeah. You know, some of them could be known for, uh, yeah, I'm a 1689 church, right? 1689ers, right? Uh, Westminster standards, mm-hmm. like the reform standards. Like, okay, so th- those are good things. Um, some people are known for just there's vibrant, uh, growing churches, churches that are growing very quickly with lots of conversions. Yeah, that, some, that's a good thing. Yeah, some are known for their high production and, uh, their, uh, on point worship. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, just saying I'm not, not going to put that in the category of like that's awesome I'm just going to be like that. well yeah they yeah. they uh, want to do things excellently unto the Lord 
their lord, Satan. Oh, stop. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, right? We've got uh, people that uh, – so, and then preachers, like they're known for various things, right? Some preachers are known for hitting certain topics and issues. I'll tell you this. Um, I And this is, this is why it's important to us. I remember when I was a student at Moody and I was graduating and – I had a reputation with uh, on, on campus, I suppose, with uh, a large group of people, and I know that they all thought of me as a theologian, uh, and I think they, most of them, thought of me as a good theologian. But nobody, th- nobody, when they thought of me, thought that guy loves Jesus. Mm. Now I don't think they would say, "Well, he doesn't love Jesus," but that's not what they were. That's not what it that's was. That's not what stuck out. That to wasn't him. that guy loves God's people. What it was, it, and I just noticed like those aren't the only things. But I noticed like, wow, you could be known for being a theologian and and still be missing some things. And I don't think it's that you care so much about how are other people thinking about you, but the issue is what is true about you. What is it that you are really heralding? Are you are you known for this gospel message above? above other things and and with that then like when we're known for this we recognize and we see that in others and Mm. does this allow us to find friendship and unity with other believers that may not uh, align with us on our theological hobby horses yeah i mean you know obviously the stuff that's going down well it's it's like this whole um uh synodoc with the founders and everything yep yep so like uh you know founders uh reformed baptist guys um always considered them friends. Uh, we have a difference of opinion in terms of how they're approaching this particular issue of social justice in the church yep. today. Not necessarily against uh, the cause and what they're looking to highlight. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, the, they're the, the, the theological problems that we have with much of what is going on in the social justice movement. We share those concerns. It's more about approach. And, uh, and there, there are a few things there, uh, but they all, they unfriended me. <laughs> oh, you're going to talk about this? All me. All of a sudden, but years written for Founders Journal. Mm. All of a sudden, all, and it, boom. Wait, like, oh, but un, Founders, so, not, not, like, not like Tom or any of those. Tom, Tom unfriended me. Founders unfriended me. Tom unfriended Tom's me. Tom's daughter unfriended me. <laughs> I, think, I, think Tom, unfriended. I think Tom's still following me. Yeah, it's because he doesn't know he's No, Tom, Tom. He doesn't know who J underscore Fowler 63 <laughs> is. I'm going to check now. I'm going to see. Are we talking? You know, you know he's still following you. How do I know? Yep, follows you. Mm, there he is. Yeah. Tom's yeah. followed me. Oh, wow! You're up to 130 followers, Jimmy. That's Dude, I'm great. I'm getting up there. I'm getting up there, bro. <laughs> so here's the thing: like that, this should not be. Uh, oh, and, and and just as you know, they, they, I don't follow people that don't follow me, so I don't follow them anymore either. So no, you did <laughs> so, not. Did you really? Why? Because I don't follow. I don't. They still, I don't still got. They still got good content. I don't follow people that don't follow me. I just don't do it. <laughs> I just I, I follow people that we have some sort of re- relationship reciprocal relationship with. Okay, okay. If they're not okay. going to see my stuff, then what, oh. how are we going to interact? Yeah, I I, yeah. I I forget that it's all about you know what you can get out of a relationship rather than what you give. Continue. It's about what? No, it's not about it's not about what I can get. It's about what they can give. So I'm still I'm giving them the opportunity. But it shouldn't be that way, right? We should. I mean, we should be able to. Um, I think if we are, and I, by the way, I, you know, I, think, I would love if everyone just tagged Tom and oh, Joe and it. let's, let's stop ask it. Tom, why did you unfriend Joey? Oh, d- d- don't do that. Cause now oh. you're just going to, thanks a lot, Jimmy. All right. Listeners, listeners <laughs> don't play be because now you're just going to make somebody mad. You're not going to make me mad. <laughs> I don't feel like I did anything wrong. Um, but like, don't, don't make it awkward for people. Well, you made it awkward for pointing it out. Continue. What you, no, I didn't. That's just, that's just life. You're making it awkward by having people stir the pot. No stirring the pot. Okay, I might be stirring the pot. Yeah, stop stirring the pot. And it sounds like fun. Let's just go. let it simmer as it is. Hot no, enough. 
<laughs> stirring it up. Um, and, and for the record, obviously those guys love Jesus. They love the gospel. They they seek to win. Like there's a, no 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 beef there. But you can I can I can see how there have been times in my life where certain issues and certain doctrines uh, causes which are important and need to get highlighted uh, can. And I'm not saying this is true of them right now. I'm just saying that that can and it has in my life created a bit of an imbalance and so no matter what issue i'm pushing right whether it's men grown men shouldn't wear short pants out in public or uh which i'm a firm believer in, or whatever it is like whatever those secondary issues are i want the gospel and and, and the promise of christ to be so big that i can roll with and be friends to varying degrees those that share the same message even if we have differences yeah like, you know, we got charismatic brothers in town. We're not going to put together uh, a night of theology and and collaborate on, on like, key doctrines because we're going to have too many disagreements. Yeah. But I can still, like, put my arm around them, love them, yep. consider be, them. Be encouraged by what God is doing through them. Yeah, I am. I, I talked to Dan. Dan, I don't think Dan listens, but if he, if he does. No, Dan doesn't listen. Dan, if you happen to listen to this one, you are super charismatic, and I love you. And I'm super uncharismatic and you love me. And whenever you hear what God's doing and how he's preaching, man, I'm just, I'm just excited about it. Yeah. So I think your question is good, right, Jimmy? Like, uh, are we known for this? Does, does this truth allow us to, to unite with other believers or are we allowing other issues to create unnecessary hard divisions when it should only be, uh, varying degrees of distinction rather yep. than hard separation. So if this if this is this big this is a big deal, right? The gospel in, in the extent of grace, that should be all kidding aside, right? That should be our jam above yeah, yeah. everything else. Yeah. That should be what we are most excited about and not, you know, a new this is this is this is particularly true for cage stagers, right? So when you finally become a five point Calvinist, which doesn't mean you're reformed yet, but it's good. Mm-hmm. You get into you're that cage stage. You're on the cage stage, and you just need to be locked up for a while because you're just going to wind up biting everybody that gets too close to you. Uh, it, it, it's, it's even worse if you go from being Baptist to Presbyterian. Holy cow. Rabid cage stage. That's what that is. <laughs> what? Yeah. You need rabies shots in the belly, the whole thing. Um, but this, this is, I think, the cure is understanding, meditating on, and delighting in the gospel as the point. Every other doctrine that we believe in helping – us to enjoy and to promote and to preach that. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You could follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or Don't on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DoctrineDevotion.com that you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast. Hit up the store, JoeFoStore.com and grab some gear. You want to head on over to T4G.org. Use mm-hmm. the promo code Doctrine and save $10. It's going to be a great time at the T4G conference uh, on Entrusted with the Gospel happening April 14th through the 16th in Louisville, Kentucky. Lucky. You know what I'm going to do when I get there? What? Go I'm find get, a cigar shop? I'm a, well, in Indiana, the better shops. Mm. I think maybe the only shops are across the river. But, yeah, uh, we'll have that story. Uh, I'm going to get coffee at Quills. Okay. Because I like that. I'm going to get some really good barbecue. Okay. Uh, mm, what's it called? Is that place? There? I've, I've never there. been there. There's some really good barbecue down there. And uh, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go across the river to the cigar shop. That's what I'm going to do. That, that sounds then, like fun. Yeah, and Jimmy's going to drive. Fresh Pod every Monday except for today and Thursday. (laughs) Blog post on Wednesdays. Later. Later.